welcome to Convo Around the Cove, the show that keeps you in the conversation about your city of Green Cove Springs. I'm Communications Coordinator Tiffany Reynolds, and today I'm here with Planning and Zoning Director Michael Daniels. We'll be talking all about development in Green Cove Springs. The city has certainly grown in the past year, with several planned projects approved by City Council in 2019. We'll discuss some of those changes and what new development will be popping up in 2020. So, Mike, I know that there are a few big-name businesses coming into town. Can you tell us who they are and what's planned for development? A couple of the large developments uh, that are coming to the city are the O'Reilly Auto Parts Store, which is located at 350 Governor Street, and the Dunkin' Donuts, which is located at 601 South Orange Avenue. Um, Both of the projects have gone through their permitting process through the city and should be beginning to break ground during the first quarter of 2020. And uh, when you say first quarter, uh, what what range of months are you talking about? I'm talking about somewhere between the beginning of January and the end of March. Cool, cool. And and when did um, these two businesses uh, start showing interest in, in developing in Green Cove Springs? Well, O'Reilly's in particular has shown interest probably but for about a year and a half. They had initially come into the city and, and talked to us and started the development process. Then there were some hangups and, you know, both, uh, you know, on their side, um, whereby they took a little bit of extra time, but then they came back and they got more serious at the end of last year. Um, Dunkin' Donuts was much quicker. We started talking with them last summer. Um, they submitted their plans, got them a- approved through uh, city council in um, September, October, and um, you know immediately submitted their building plans and are ready to go. Cool, and uh, what, what will these two uh, businesses look like? Well, they're both be one-story buildings. Um, The Dunkin' Donuts will have a drive-through, and you know it's going to be oriented towards Orange Avenue, but it'll it'll be meeting all of our um, city code requirements in terms of providing landscaping, providing the correct number of parking spaces, as well as uh, uh, handicap spaces, and meeting all the code requirements. As far as the O'Reillys, that will uh, again same type type of requirements. They'll have all of the parking in place, all of the landscaping, and they'll have about a 3,000-square-foot building. Cool, cool. And uh, what do you think made Green Coast Springs in particular the next location for these businesses? Well, I think there's a number of factors that businesses consider when they move into an area. Number one, safety. You know, for, for a business to thrive, you know, they've got to start by going to a place where they feel like they're safe mm-hmm. and stable. And that's something that Green Cove Springs, you see over the, over the years, you see a, de- a decreasing crime rate in the community, and that makes a big difference for businesses. The other part is quality of life. You know, they, even though the businesses, you know, may have folks that don't necessarily, or especially these, these companies like Dunkin' Donuts or O'Reilly's, they're national chains, mm-hmm. but they're, they're employees, you're not going to be able to get employees to come to a community unless there is a reason for them to come. And so I think quality of life is a key factor, both in terms of, you know, what this community looks like, all of the events and various activities that uh, the cities and and, uh, private community, private organizations put on. That makes a a big difference uh, in order to attract the workforce to uh, for these types of businesses. Another key factor uh, as a part of that, too, is education. You know, Clay Mm -hmm. County has an excellent education system. And I think it's also important to bring up the impact that the First Coast Expressway has on a lot of these businesses coming to this area. It sort of depends on the types of businesses. But no matter what type of business it's going to be, 
it is going to generate more, uh, you know, traffic, mm -hmm. which is very important, especially for retail businesses to succeed. Cool, cool. And um, uh, speaking of growth, I know that there are a few residential developments that have also been approved to be built in Green Cove Springs. Can you tell us about them? Sure. One of the projects that uh, currently is beginning the construction phase is the Cottages on Cove, which is located at 905 Bay Street, and that's going to be 11 single-family homes. We also have the Oak Street Apartments, which are 17 units located at 806 Oak Street across the street from the hospital, which uh, has gone through site plan approval, so we're still waiting for them to submit their, their formal building plans as well as a smaller duplex project, a four-unit project at Houston and Mill Street, uh, which again, they've gotten their site plans or they're in the process of getting their site plans approved as we speak. Many of the projects right now are mostly infill projects. So they're smaller in scale, but what they're doing is they're filling in a lot of the areas within Green Coast Springs that haven't, for whatever reason, haven't developed over the years, but they have the, you know, the available water and sewer and electric infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So it's much easier for them to come in and immediately develop the project. And, and I know that, that that sort of development is really important to the city as recently uh, Green Coast Springs has attracted more people, but we haven't had the amount of housing to be able to house the interest that people have been having to try to move into the city. Yeah, actually, that, that's a big concern, uh, not in all of Clay County, but especially in, in Green Cove Springs, where there just isn't a lot of available housing, especially affordable housing. Mm -hmm. So where there's opportunity for infill type development, we've seen a lot of interest from a lot of different developers of looking for areas and where they can where they can come in and just add a few a few units because again there's a major need for that and we don't have a lot of areas right now where there's an availability of land to, for development magnolia point and magnolia west at this point are pretty much built out mm. so we're 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 you know developers are looking for areas where they can expand and add additional housing units where they can Cool, cool. And I, I know you mentioned that for um, a lot of these uh, residential developments are kind of in the beginning stages. Do you have any idea when, when they'll start breaking ground and when these will actually start being built? Cottages on Cove, we had our, our, um, our pre-construction meeting with them last week, so they're ready to go. They, 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 they may take a few weeks, but um, probably by the beginning of February, I would imagine that they'll begin to start construction. Some of the other projects that I mentioned, like 806 Oak Street and the project at Houston and Mill Street, that will probably take a little bit more time um, because they still have to get their building plans approved. So mm -hmm. I would imagine that would be closer to the summer. Okay. Um, one project, though, that I didn't mention was located at Bonaventure and Highland, where they're going to develop a, another five uh, single-family units. Mm -hmm. And they have already started breaking ground there. So that's oh, something wow. that should be moving forward pretty quick. Oh, cool, cool. And and that um, are are those um, the ones that are with um, Habitat for Humanity, or, or is that just no? They're with a uh, they're for a for profit developer. They're oh, okay. AM, AM builders. But again, they many of the um, infill type projects are going to attract a mm -hmm. lot of affordable housing, which again is something that we really need in this community. Yeah, yeah, no, that that sounds great. I this was honestly the first time I, I heard about that one, <laughs> so I had to ask if there was any affiliation. Well, that sounds awesome. It sounds like there's a, a lot of really great development um, happening in Green Cove Springs, and um, yeah, one thing I wanted to point out is sure. is you know this past year we've had more building permits 
that have been submitted, um, it's been an increase over the last five years. And oh, I wow. know that as part of doing my budget is looking over the last five years. And this has been the, you know, the largest amount of uh, building permits that we've received. I think that just sort of points to the fact that Green Cove Springs is growing mm-hmm. um, at a pretty rapid rate. And, you know, that's something that we expect will, will continue. Cool, cool. And uh, another thing I want to talk about is uh, a couple of uh, new ordinances that the city council um, recently approved. I know that uh, Food Truck Friday has become one of the most popular monthly events in Green Cove Springs, and uh, so much so that it's attracted more individual food trucks into the city. City council recently passed an ordinance adding regulations for food trucks to the transient business ordinance. And uh, can you give us some details about that and what it means for food trucks in Green Cove Springs? The reason we move forward with an ordinance on food trucks is that over the years, there have been a lot of interest in in folks who either had food trucks or wanted to bring food trucks into the community, um, where they had reached out to the Development Services Department and asked about what the requirements are. And, you know, many of the requirements, especially in the Transient Merchant Ordinance right now or before this ordinance was passed, mm-hmm. are, are particularly onerous. I mean, the city of Green Cove Springs is a a very small community mm. and many of the requirements the spacing requirements between food trucks were very large uh, in some cases uh, 500 feet to a thousand feet oh wow and when you think about especially our downtown area mm-hmm. you start getting to a thousand feet that excludes a lot of the downtown mm. so um, we went back we looked at the ordinance we wanted to of course create an ordinance that, you know, when new food trucks come in, they wouldn't interfere with the existing businesses. But at the same time, we wanted to make it clear that we wanted to encourage uh, food trucks to the community. We see it as an economic development tool, something that adds activity Mm -hmm. um, to the community. So we went back and we made some changes to the ordinance. And and most of the changes were to make the ordinance more straightforward. So it was Mm -hmm. much easier for folks that wanted to have food trucks downtown to understand what the requirements are. But at the same time, we, we did want to provide a number of different opportunities um, for different types of food truck events. You know, you have things like the Food Truck Friday event, which is really a special event, mm-hmm. which we would continue to treat as a special event. But then there are also instances where an individual food truck can come into the city, whether it's in the downtown area or in other commercial areas. And we wanted to make it clear what the process would be for them to do that. Has there been um, any other um, recently passed ordinances that, that you'd like to talk about in terms of development for Green Cove? Well, I, I think the other uh, major ordinance that we've recently passed is a short-term rental ordinance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has to do with, you know, typically Airbnbs and the VRBO type of rental unit where you have folks coming in and, and renting a, a bedroom for an evening or for a weekend and things like that. The reason we passed this ordinance is because of the fact that we wanted to ensure that the city could regulate re- in residential areas mm-hmm. bed and breakfasts. Mm-hmm. Um, this wouldn't apply to a situation where you have an owner-occupied unit. So, for example, if you live in a home and you wanted to advertise on Airbnb or VRBO or any of the other uh, internet sites, but you're living there and you rent a room out, that wouldn't apply to the ordinance we passed. On mm-hmm. the other hand, if you own a, a building or a house in a residential neighborhood, but you don't live there and you wanted to rent that out on a regular basis, then you would have to meet our uh, code requirements. 
And those requirements would include, for the most part, safety requirements to ensure that if someone is staying there, let's say, and there's say, an evacuation event, mm -hmm. that they know, you know, which zone they're in so that they would evacuate. Mm -hmm. Make sure that there isn't a situation where you have um, folks that, you know, have a criminal background, especially mm -hmm. certain types of criminal backgrounds that would negatively impact the neighborhood, right, right. as well as other safety, um, you know, safety requirements that we put in place. Well, is there, uh, before we wrap up, is, is there anything um, else you'd like to talk about in terms of, of anything that planning and zoning has coming up or anything like that? Um, you know, one thing actually that we're taking to the council tonight is we have a request that we're going to be proposing to take to the uh, North Florida Transportation Planning Organization regarding looking at redesigning the US-17 corridor through Green Cove Springs. Oh. You know, this is an opportunity to work with the Transportation Planning Organization, which is a regional organization which is not only encompasses Clay County but also Duval County as well as a number of other counties in the region mm -hmm. and what they do is they work directly with the Florida Department of Transportation and the Federal Highway Administration and are able to establish clearinghouses for money that we can use for various projects on typically it's on state roads they also will put it on local roads as well mm -hmm. but this is an opportunity for us to study US the US 17 corridor and project potential changes, especially with the the First Coast Expressway, to see how we want to redesign um, the corridor through Green, Green Cove Springs to create that sense of place for this community. You know, the, we want people to feel like when they come into Green Cove Springs that they've really entered a, a destination, a place where they want to spend time, a place where they can you know, visit obviously the beautiful Spring Park and the St. John's River, but also, you know, uh, patronize a lot of our local merchants and, and restaurants as well. So it's an opportunity to kind of study that, try to get feedback not only at the state level, but also locally to mm -hmm. see what how we want the corridor to look and, and, and function in the future. Cool, cool. And once it once it does get approved by the city council, what, what would be the next steps for that? The next step would then be to take that to the North Florida T Transportation Planning Organization, mm -hmm. and then they would determine... Uh, the, the, the TPO board uh, would then determine if they wanted to include that within their two-year work program. Okay. If they do, then it would be something that would be studied in the next two years. And it would, again, it would involve typically what they would do is they would hire their consultant and work closely with the city staff as well as the, as well as the community and, all, and, and, of course, city council to discuss potential alternatives for uh, redeveloping or, or redesigning the, the U.S. 17 corridor. Cool, cool. And, and once a plan like that um, has been set up and put in place, um, is it going to be the city's responsibility to follow through with it, or is it going to become kind of a, a blueprint for development around uh, US-17 and Green Cove Springs? Well, the idea behind doing a study is that, you know, if you if we do the study, or if, if, if the TPO, North Florida TPO, and their consultants do the study, mm -hmm. they'll have information in place such as alternative designs, estimated costs, um, as well as a lot of background information. And once that information is um, completed and approved by council, mm -hmm. then uh, the next step would, it for, would be for it to move forward into the priority projects queue with the uh, TPO. And ultimately what would happen is the Florida Department of Transportation, again, using monies that they get uh, from the Federal Highway Administration, mm -hmm. um, 
they would then program when those improvements would would uh, take place. So that's the, that's really the advantage. You know, by having the study in place, we move further along in actually getting the project constructed and completed. Well, that, that sounds great. Well, cool. I, I think that's all the time we uh, have for today. But uh, thanks for taking the time to talk with us, Mike. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thank you for joining Convo Around the Cove. You can listen to episodes on Buzzsprout, Spotify, and Stitcher. Keep an eye out on the city's social media for our next discussion topic. Send your questions to City of Green Cove Springs Government on Facebook and at GCS Today on Twitter. And remember, it wouldn't be a conversation without you. Send any topic suggestions about city projects or about city government to City of Green Cove Springs Government on Facebook and at GCS Today on Twitter. Talk to you later.